Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back. It's one, episode 176. This is 9 October. I thought I'd do an episode today. Then I'll go cut the grass. Uh, I had off today. I didn't have to work today. That's why I got time on my hands. And over the weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I did an episode on Army modernization based on the National Defense Articles. So I got through that okay. So now it's kind of a quotations regular show. Uh, start off with some stuff from Israel. I, I'm sure you've been watching the news and uh, seeing everything that's going on over there. So that's quite a few stories, excuse me, in the defense industry world on that. Stuff from Ukraine, and then that's it. Just eight stories. We'll get started with, I got to find it. All my notes are not in the best of shape today. The first one we'll talk about is U.S. expediting munitions to Israel. Uh, this is from Breaking Defense. U.S. expedites munitions for Israel, moves ships and aircraft into region after Hamas attack. This is from Aaron Mehta on 8 October. In the wake of this weekend's stunning attacks in Israel, the United States is beefing up presence in the Middle East while working to speed up deliveries for the Israeli Defense Force, IDF. U.S. Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin announced on Sunday, yesterday, that he was ordering the USS Gerald Ford carrier strike group toward the eastern Mediterranean while taking steps to augment U.S. Air Force F-35, F-15, F-16, and A-10 fighter aircraft in the region. Additionally, the Biden administration will be rapidly providing the Israeli Defense Forces with additional equipment, resources, including munitions. It doesn't say which ones they are providing. The first security assistance will begin moving today and arriving in the coming days, Austin said, so we'll look out for that. Uh, the Carrier Ford Strike Group, which we got a, another story on it in just a minute, includes the uh, Ford itself, the missile cruiser USS Normandy, the Arleigh Burke class guided missile destroyers Hudner and Ramage and Kearney, and the USS Roosevelt, according to a Pentagon statement. On Sunday local time, I'm sorry, Saturday local time, Hamas forces launched an unprecedented multi pronged assault on Israel which included fighters traveling by air, land, and sea. You probably saw like the hang glider types. Hamas, a Palestinian group designated terrorist by the United States, killed scores of Israelis and captured dozens of civilians and military personnel. I just saw a report from the IDF on about two hours ago, and that number was uh, today, October 9th, not October, 2,300 wounded, 700 plus dead, and dozens of... Israeli citizens and soldiers' captivity in Gaza. That's the latest numbers as of about two hours ago from IDF. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared that Israel is now at war with Iran-backed Hamas. The, co- the conflict has threatened to upend the Biden administration's hopes for a Saudi-Israeli peace deal. It could also force the Pentagon to once again turn back to the region in more serious terms at a time when it made significant effort to disentangle from the Middle East in order to focus on the Indo-Pacific. That's the end of story. 
Uh, since we talked about the USS Ford, went to USNI, uh, who does a lot of great Navy news, Pacific news. And here's their story. Updated USS Gerald Ford escorts moving closer to Israel in response to Hamas attack. Heather Mongilio, 8 October. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin ordered the Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group to move to the eastern Mediterranean as a result of Saturday's attacks in Israel. Uh, the strike group has been in the Mediterranean since June. As of 2 October, the strike group, which includes USS, Air, uh, USS Carrier Gerald Ford, CVN-78, Ticonderoga-class guided missile cruiser USS Normandy, CG-60, and Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyers USS Thomas Hudner, DDG-116, USS Romage, DDG-61, USS Kearney, DDG-64, and USS Roosevelt, DDG-80, were operating in the Mediterranean near Italy. Uh, in addition to repositioning the strike group, Secretary Austin plans to increase Air Force squadrons of F-35s, F-15s, F-16s, and A-10s. We talked about that. On Saturday morning, Hamas attacked Israel with forces moving in from the Gaza Strip. Uh, there's a This is old stuff, right? This yesterday. There are hostages and prisoners of war that Hamas took. There are also deaths among IDF soldiers. We don't have the exact number. We are at war. That's from IDF spokesman. Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari. Now, I just gave you the latest update. 2,300 wounded, 700 plus dead, and dozens in captivity in Gaza. That's from a couple hours ago. Uh, later on Sunday, yesterday, Austin spoke with Israeli Minister of Defense Yoav Gallant to express support for the people of Israel and to receive updates on Israel's operation to restore safety and security from Hamas's terror attack. That's a Pentagon statement. That's end of story. Uh, then there's a defense post. Honestly, I haven't done a story from defense post in quite a while. Uh, I have a few of them today. There's one defense post from the staff, 8 October, yesterday. Lebanon's Hezbollah and Israel trade cross-border fire. Lebanon's Hezbollah and Israel said they traded cross-border fire on Sunday as Israel fought the Shiite movement's ally Hamas on the southern flank a day after militants from Palestinian groups stormed its Gaza frontier. Hezbollah and Hamas are Iran-based Islamic groups that Israel and its allies consider terrorist organizations. Both have fought multiple wars with Israel in the past few decades. Hezbollah said it carried out Sunday's assault in solidarity with a large-scale air, sea, and land attack Hamas launched the day before against Israel. And here's a statement from uh, Hezbollah, Islamic resistance attacked three positions of Zionist enemy, which is Israel to them, and occupied Lebanese Sheba farms with a large number of artillery shells and guided missiles, the Shiite movement said in a statement. Uh, the Israeli army said it launched artillery into southern Lebanon on Sunday in response to fire from that area. So has, uh, Hezbollah launched uh, artillery shells and guided missiles and artillery, and then Israelis said they launched artillery back on Sunday. Um, here's a statement from the Israeli army. Israeli artillery is in the process of striking the area of Lebanon from which a shot was fired, the army said in a statement without giving further details. Uh, after launching its surprise attack on Israel at dawn on Saturday, the Palestinian Islamic group Hamas called for Arab and Islamic nations to join the battle. Lebanon's national news agency said later two, two more rockets were fired from the Lebanese side 
toward enemy positions in the Sheba Farms, prompting Israel to retaliate with fresh artillery fire. Israel has warned Hezbollah against being involved in the fighting. Here's a statement from Army spokesman Richard Heck. We recommend Hezbollah not come to this. If they come, we are ready. Uh, This is interesting here. The United Nations Interim Force in Lebanon, UNIFIL, which acts as a buffer between Lebanon and Israel, has urged restraint. Uh, Here's a statement from them. We are in contact with authorities on both sides to contain the situation and avoid a more serious escalation. Uh, There are 13 points of dispute along the so-called Blue Line, which is the frontier demarcated by the UN in 2000 after Israeli troops withdrew from southern Lebanon. The Lebanese army said starting on Saturday it had deployed patrols at the border, adding it was closely monitoring the situation with UNIFIL. Uh, in 2006, Hezbollah and Israel fought a 34-day war. Uh, the two countries remain technically at war. So that's, that's it. The latest that I have on uh, Israel, of course, I'm just like everybody else, looking at the news. Um, what's next? How about 155 ammo? Um, I saw got AUSA going on right now, Washington, D.C., and I was able to catch a little bit of uh, the Honorable Doug Bush talking about ammunition production. Uh, here's a story from Jen Judson. I haven't done a story from her for a while. Great, great writer for, for Defense News. October 6th, U.S. Army awards $1.5 billion to boost global production of artillery rounds. The United States Army said it awarded $1.5 billion in contracts to nine companies in the United States, Canada, India, and Poland to boost global production of 155 rounds, artillery rounds. Over the last two weeks in September, the service finalized a flurry of contracts that resourced each major component, materiel with an A, or required production process to maintain momentum for the goal of 80,000 projectiles per month by fourth quarter of FY25. Uh, the Army said that in a 6 October statement a couple of days ago. Army officials have recently stated that 155mm artillery munition production will increase to 28,000 per month in October, which is double what the Army was producing at the start of the year in January. So we were, they were producing 14,000 rounds <clears throat> a month in January. Now here in October, they're at 28. The plan is to roughly build 60,000 a month in FY24 which uh, is this month, right? Reaching a 80,000 by FY25, and then by FY26, 100,000 a month. The United States Army has sent more than 2 million rounds of 155 to Ukraine and is working to replenish its stockpile. Uh, the service has already set in motion expansion to its 155 shell production from two facilities in Pennsylvania and to another two facilities, one in Mesquite, Texas, and one in Canada. Uh, the Army conducts a load assembly and pack process at its Iowa ammunition plant, and it plans to expand there as, as well. Uh, here's some companies receiving awards from the Army. Uh, BAE Ordnance Systems, with work taking place in Tennessee and Arkansas. Security Signals in Tennessee. Action Manufacturing Company in Pennsylvania. Day and Zimmerman in Ar- Arkansas. American Ordnance LLC in Iowa. And Armtech in California. The Army also awarded three international companies contracts, Nitrochem SA in Poland, Solar Industries India in India, and IMT Defense in Canada. I still love that name, IMT. If I'm going to have a defense company, I'd name it IMT also. Uh, is that it? 
Yeah, so 155. And while we're talking about 155, there's a story about UK getting 155s. And then another funny story about them. It's just weird. Uh, I'm looking for it. Here we go. This is about 155. The British Army, again, again from the Defense Post, Joe Sabala, 9 October, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday. No, that's today. Sorry, today's 9 October. British Army receives first archer, howitzer, and fastest procurement ever. Uh, the British Army is taking delivery of the first archer-wheeled artillery system just six months after signing a contract with Sweden. Pardon me while I drink a little bit of water. The weapon to be fielded by the 1st Deep Recce Strike Brigade will temporarily fill the capability gap created by the donation of AS-90 self-propelled guns to Ukraine. According to UK military capability official Colonel Stuart Noss, the delivery marks one of the fastest procurement of a complex system that the country has ever witnessed. Here's a statement from him. In February, I was given orders by Army headquarters to go after the archer. 48 days later, we were on contract. We worked collaboratively at the most significant pace to achieve this acquisition in record time. The first Archer unit will undergo a series of field tests and evaluation on the way to achieving IOC and 2024 initial operating, cap- operating capability. A total of 14 Archers will be handed over to the British Army next spring. In January, the Office of British Prime Minister Sunak announced that it was sending 14 main battle tanks and 30 AS-90 self-propelled weapons to Kiev. The move has created an intolerable gap in the Army's 155 close support capability. According to the Army, the gap needed to be bridged in order to meet the UK's commitment to the new NATO new force model, which aims to create a larger pool of high readiness forces across various domains. Uh, here's another statement from Nas. We were fortunate our Swedish allies had an opportunity for us to purchase some of the Archer artillery systems. That meant we could move quickly to seize the opportunity by the new capability. That's it. Am I done? Nope. A little bit more. Uh, here's about the Archer next generation artillery system. It takes 30 seconds uh, to move into action and fire and 30 more seconds to go out of action. That's according to the manufacturer BAE Bofors. Additionally, the weapon can fire six rounds and move 500 meters in less than two minutes. Hmm. While the crew remains protected inside an armored cabin, it fires conventional artillery ammunition as well as bonus anti-armor and Excalibur precision-guided munition. Uh, NAS says the UK plans to procure another 10 archers to have a full regiment capability. Uh, Keep in mind the archer is an interim solution until the delivery of the Mobile Fires Platform Project uh, sees at the end of the at the end of the decade, which is a separate program, which is a replacement for heavy artillery. So Archer is just going to get them through until they can develop their own system. I wonder why you do that. What's wrong with the Archer? That's a question, not a statement. Um, here's a, another story from uh, Defense Post. Kind of an odd one. It says the uh, UK has run out of weapons, according to a senior official. Now, the senior official is not named. This is from 6 October, Joe Sabala Defense Post. UK has run out of weapons to send to Ukraine, senior official. A senior British military official not named has claimed that the country has run out of weapons and equipment to send to Ukraine 
In a recent interview with The Telegraph, an unnamed officer said Kiev needs more air defense assets and artillery munitions now that the conflict nears a second year. Unfortunately, Britain has run dry on all of that, according to the military source. We've given away just about as much as we can afford. He added that the U.K. should not be obliged. He added that the U.K. should not be obliged to send billions of military aid packages to Ukraine, opposing former Defense Minister Ben Wallace's recommendation of providing an additional 2.3 billion pounds to Kiev's forces. Uh, Here's a, I guess, a statement from somebody, this unnamed official, giving billions more doesn't mean giving billions of British kits. Despite his revelation, the official said UK will continue to source equipment to provide to its European ally. But he urged other countries to step up and provide, provide more support. Uh, the UK is the second top donor of military aid, uh, giving a total of 2.3 billion pounds last year. Of course, the United States gave 75 billion. Uh, the British military has transferred armored vehicles, anti-tank weapons, in-laws and stuff, right? Missile systems and other military hardware to support Kiev's ongoing counteroffensive. In addition, what is, I think this is their biggest contribution, me personally, in addition, over 23,000 Ukrainian soldiers has received combat training at army bases across the UK since February 22. That is, that's a pretty big achievement right there to me. Uh, while the country has committed another 14 Challenger 2 tanks for Ukraine, the official said it's unlikely the country would be able to donate more in the coming months. Almost done. Earlier this year, a British lawmaker, doesn't say the name, criticized the country's decision to send Challenger 2 main battle tanks to Kiev, saying it reduced the military's operational capability by a third. The British Army reportedly has 227 Challengers in its inventory, but only 157 are ready to take operations within 30 days. According to this lawmaker, not named, Supplying Kiev with a significant number of tanks would represent a loss of 25 to 30%. However, UK Chief of Defense Staff for Financial and Military Capability, Lieutenant General McGowan, said that rate is not that high. And that's it. So we got two more stories. One from Sweden. I guess playing hardball. Sweden says it'll consider sending Grippens to Ukraine only after NATO membership. So is Sweden playing hardball here? I don't know. Uh, Sweden said today, 6 October, Tim Martin, I'm sorry. Tim Martin wrote this, great writer for Breaking Defense, 6 October. Sweden today said it will not consider sending JAS-39 Gripen multi-role fighters to Ukraine until the country has been admitted to NATO, but also that its armed forces will study how the transfer could be done and will return a port of feasibility transferring the planes in November. I think the report's due in November, not the transferring of the planes. Uh, the new policy, which directly links Gripen deliveries to Alliance membership for the first time, was announced by Pal Johnson, the Swedish defense minister, along with Stockholm's 14th military aid support package for Kiev, valued at approximately $200 million. Uh, Pal Johnson told a news conference that because of domestic security reasons, Sweden would require NATO membership before Grippens can be potentially supplied to Ukraine. That's from Reuters. Here's a quote. Support in the form of JAS Grippens would be conditional on Sweden's first become a member of NATO. The government reiterated in a press release. 
Stockholm has not yet stated how many Gripen jets could be provided to Ukraine. As for the aid package, the next round of weapons due for delivery to Ukraine includes 155mm artillery, which is good, and CV-9, CV-90 ammunition. Satellite communication equipment will also be provided. Of course, the CV-90, uh, it's like an APC. Uh, I did some looking into that. CV-90 is current in service with Sweden, 509, Denmark, 45, Finland, 102, Netherlands, 193, Norway, 146, and Sweden, 186. Wow, sorry, Switzerland. Switzerland's got 186 of these things. Uh, Swedish CV-90s are armed with a 40-millimeter cannon, which all exports are fitted with, while all exports are either fitted with 30-millimeter or 35-millimeter cannons. I wonder why that is. Over 1,000 of these things have been built. It was announced that Sweden will deliver 50 CV-90 armored vehicles to Ukraine in order to defend Against the Russian invasion, the CV-90 carries eight troops plus three crew members. So the assumption is they are sending either 30-millimeter 30 ammunition or 35-millimeter. I've never heard of 35-millimeter ammunition. So 30-millimeter or 35. Now that's it for that. All right, last but not least, uh, a story from Greece. Good story, really good story. Uh, Greece in talks to purchase 49 Blackhawks from Sikorsky. Things get, just keep getting better and better for the Blackhawk, it seems like. Um, this is from Ryan Fennerty. I can't think of the name of the website. I think I, I, think I mentioned it further down. I do. Uh, so I'll tell you then. So 9 October today, Greece has submitted a formal request to buy 49 Sikorsky UH-60 Blackhawk helicopters as a replacement for its Bell UH-1s. They're going from a... a classic helicopter to another classic helicopter. Uh, Athens launched a procurement process which had not been previously revealed in April. Uh, Sikorsky disclosed this on 9 October, today, the first day of AUSA, Associated the United States Army, of course, in Washington, D.C. That's the big event for the Army. They do it once a year. I mean, this is the big one. They do some little ones throughout the year, but this is the big one. Um, I think I talked enough about Army modernization in the last three days. Uh, let me get back to the article. Uh, and if here's a quote, an official request received from Greece for a supply up to 49 Blackhawk helicopters. That's from Sikorsky President Paul Limo. That is in process now by the Defense Security Cooperation Agency here in the United States for foreign military sale, of course. Uh, the Hellenic Army currently operates 64 Bell UH-1 for utility lift missions. Uh, the timing of any deal between Athens and Sikorsky remains uncertain. United States Department of State, which evaluates and approves proposed arms sales to overseas customers, did not respond to requests for comment. Uh, Flight Global, that's the name of this website. So Sikorsky confirms to Flight Global that Greece has submitted a foreign military sale request for the UH-60 type rather than pursuing a direct commercial sale deal. Now, this is important. Uh, sometimes you hear, you hear us talk about Blackhawks like UH-60, and then you also, sometimes you hear... S-70. Well, I never put two and two together. Well, here's the way it works. If you buy a, uh, want to buy a Sikorsky Blackhawk, legit Blackhawk like the Army uses, U.S. Army, you got to go through foreign military cell, right? State Department, UH-60. But if you just want to buy a Blackhawk type, uh, you got direct commercial cell and you'll get a Blackhawk that's, you don't have to go through all the, the government nonsense, right? So anyway, Greece wants to buy a, a no-kidding UH-60 Blackhawk. 
Um, it will be years before Greece sees any of the new Blackhawks, Limo says. There's approximately three-year wait between order contracts and first delivery. Uh, but it depends on specialization they want in the aircraft. Depending on the aircraft, sometimes we can accelerate a little bit more. Now, here's where I was getting to what I was talking about before. While Lockheed Martin's subsidiary produ- produces the iconic Blackhawk at its main plant in Stafford, Connecticut, Sikorsky, excuse me, Sikorsky also offers the DCS-approved S-70 variant, and DCS means direct commercial sell. This type is produced in Europe by Sikorsky's Polish subsidiary PZL. The S-70 offers the advantage of not requiring approval through Washington's lengthy foreign military sale process. The interest from Athens could continue with a string of wins for Sikorsky, which has been pushing to expand overseas sales of the UH-60. In Australia, in January, uh, committed to acquiring 40 Blackhawks, and Poland initiated procurement process for up to 32 S-70s from PZL. Indonesia in August also announced a partnership with Sikorsky to produce uh, to pursue S-70 acquisition for 24. So I learned a lot on this article. This is a very good article, good website. What's the name of it again? Uh, Flight Global. The author is Ryan Finnerty. That's a good article right there. Anyway, that's it. Greece wants Blackhawks like everybody else. It's a good choice. All right, what am I doing on time? 25 minutes. Quick episode. I uh, got a lot done, though. So um, when's my next episode? I don't know. I've been pretty uh, prolific in quotations the last four days. Uh, maybe I'll take a break. I don't know. Maybe a couple days at least. All right. I'll end the program there. Thank you very much for listening, and good night.